Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Residual Whispers podcast. I'm your host, Sky, And I am your co-host, Brian. And this week, before we get started, we just wanted to say a couple of things right off the bat. Um, so this is our fourth episode. This last week, we released our first three episodes for you guys. And we got a lot of positive feedback and messages, which we really, really appreciate. Um, a lot more work goes into creating a podcast than Brian and I could have ever, ever expected. And so we set these deadlines for ourselves and ended up having to push them a little bit so that we could make sure to bring you guys a really high quality recording. Um, so I just wanted to give a shout out to my boyfriend, Michael, because he is the producer and editor on our podcast. And he was, yeah, and he's been working real hard. Um, he has a lot of sound equipment that he's put a lot of money into because he's a musician. And so it kind of worked out perfectly for us. He volunteered to do all of the editing and make sure the sound quality was good. And he put in a probably a good 15 to 20 hours of work this past week, um, editing it all and, and making it all sound really awesome. Um, so we hadn't mentioned him yet. So we definitely wanted to just give him a big thank you for all of his hard work. Michael is also the original producer of our intro and outro track that you guys hear. Yeah, yeah, I forgot to mention that. Thank you, Brian. He actually um, made that that intro music all by himself. I gave a little bit of input. Yeah, it's super awesome. We love it. So very proud of him and his hard work and thankful for it. Um, or else we would probably have a really basic thing going right now. <laughs> so it's really awesome because um, Brian and I are actually just sharing one tiny little podcast microphone. So the fact that the audio sounds as good as it does right now is honestly a miracle. So yeah, if you're still here with us on episode four and you listen to the first three episodes, we just want to thank you so, so much for being here with us. And we're only going to continue to improve as we go on. Um, so this week we had a surprise that we wanted to bring you. Um, originally we were planning for Brian to host and do all the research for this episode. Um, but some things came up unexpectedly this week and we decided that we're kind of going to pass on that idea. But, um, I think we've decided, right, Brian, that every like fourth episode, you're going to choose the location. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So every, uh, fourth or so episode I'm looking to bring you guys, um, I'm hoping to pick a location for you guys. I want to stick to locations that are kind of near and dear to my personal experiences. I have uh, paranormal experiences here in Colorado that I want to focus on, Florida, as well as Hawaii. So those are three main states of paranormal locations that I'll be looking to pick from to bring to you guys. Yeah, so that'll be awesome. So Brian can kind of bring his touch and his flavor into it a little bit more. Um, and this week, Brian, what will we be talking about? We will be diving in to one of my all-time kookiest, spookiest locations that I have ever had experience at, and that would be Old Gold Camp Road, the mountain road of mischief here in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Yeah, so this is a local location, um, local to our hometown, and it's a place that Brian and I have spent a lot of time together and a lot of time in high school growing up. And it's really interesting because we thought we knew the history of this place, but the more we looked into it, the more crazy information we found. A lot of what we knew was just urban legend and may not even be true at all. Um, so this was a really fun one to do for us. And let's go ahead and dig right into the history. So, Old Gold Camp Road in Colorado Springs, Colorado, is a dangerous but beautiful unpaved mountain road that was constructed during the gold rush and has since become a hiking and bicycling spot with gorgeous views of the city 
as well as a popular hangout for local teenagers. It is surrounded by urban legend, tainted by many tragic car accidents, and is even known as a dumping place for dead bodies. So Colorado Springs was founded as a city in 1871 by General William Jackson Palmer, a railroad engineer, Union soldier, and businessman. As a resort town, after he came to the state with hopes that the fresh mountain air and local hot springs could help those with tuberculosis. In 1891 and 1892, the towns of Victor and Cripple Creek, which were 40-plus miles away from Colorado Springs, were founded as mining towns. So a railway connecting them to Colorado Springs was built in 1901 in order to haul people, minerals, and supplies more easily, and they utilized more than 200 freight cars on this railroad. This was known as the Short Line Railroad. And during this time, many railroad workers and miners lost their lives due to various accidents, both during its use and construction. A total of nine tunnels were built into the mountains and hills along the way. In 1922, the Short Line Railroad was sold at auction and the tracks were removed. The railway became a toll road known as Corley Mountain Highway, which opened in 1924. Early motorists could now pay a small fee to travel the road from Colorado Springs to Cripple Creek and Victor. On May 6, 1939, it became a free road for everyone. So today, several of the tunnels have collapsed due to old age, outdated construction, and vandalism. In 1988, the infamous collapse of Tunnel Number 3 permanently closed the dangerous roadway, and you can no longer access the full stretch of road, as Tunnel Number 3 is completely blocked off by iron fencing on both sides, serving as a barrier that divides the road in half. So basically, we're learning that these routes of tunnels were used as an easier kind of path to get mining supplies to and from Colorado Springs to Cripple Creek. Um, which was definitely a mining town, boom town. Um, if you still go there to this day, much of the town is still very much preserved in that mining history. A lot of the buildings are still there. They still do mining tours. There's the mining museum. Um, and then it to this day, it actually serves as one of Colorado's biggest gambling towns. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because Cripple Creek is honestly so interesting. Um, I stayed at a haunted hotel there once for my birthday a few years ago, and it was like a former brothel. Um, and it's just such a cool place. So we'll probably try to get up there at some point and do some kind of investigation of our own for you guys. That would definitely um, be a fun one to do. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, the gold rush history sur surrounding Colorado and a lot of the small towns here in general is just really neat. And it's cool that Gold Camper was a part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, as we mentioned, like learning some new things about this road that we didn't know before, I actually had no idea that there were nine tunnels. Did you, Brian? No, I absolutely did not. I knew that there were definitely more than three, but I never knew how many exactly there were. Yeah, definitely. It's really interesting because coming from our end, from Colorado Springs, it's like you can only reach tunnel number three and you can go no further than that. And I had never even thought before about coming from the Cripple Creek side and, and how it was to get up to the other side from there. Um, so yeah, that was really interesting that there's nine tunnels. I had no idea. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so to explain that a little better, that was my next note. So from Colorado Springs, the bottom half of the roadway from Bear Creek Park up to Tunnel Number 3 is used as a popular biking and hiking area with absolutely stunning views in which you can drive through Tunnels 1 and 2 and hike several trails towards Tunnel Number 3 where you'll meet a dead end at the fenced-off tunnel. The other side can be accessed from the Cripple Creek and Victor area in which you pass through Tunnel Number 9, 
past collapsed tunnel 7 8, pass through tunnels 6, 5, and 4, and eventually arrive at the other side of fenced off tunnel number 3. So today the hiking trail to tunnel number 3 um, and offshooting trails such as Seven Bridges are an amazing and popular escape into nature from the city of Colorado Springs. A large parking lot at the top of Gold Camp Road provides access to these trails, and if you follow the roadway that branches off back down toward the city, a small and gorgeous waterfall known as Helen Hunt Falls is another excellent place to explore. During the day, this place appears extremely peaceful and rather safe. So why is this road synonymous for danger and paranormal activity to locals? And um, yeah, I just have to say that Gold Camp Road during the day is one of the most gorgeous areas of Colorado Springs. You can literally see the entire city from the top. It's always busy. Like the parking lot at the top for um, tunnel number three is massive and it's like almost always full. And Helen Hunt Falls has its own neat little trails. Like it's an amazing way to get away from the city because as the city has grown, we've lost more and more areas to kind of go be in nature. So honestly, during the day, Gold Camp Road is one of my favorite places to go for sure. Um, So if you want to kind of get a look at what Gold Camp Road looks like and get an idea of it, if you're not one of our um, locals as well and you don't know what we're talking about, there's a video on our blog at residualwhispers.blog, and it's just kind of some footage of someone driving up the mountain road and driving through the tunnels so you can kind of get an idea of what exactly we're looking at because I know it's hard to imagine. It's during the day. It's fully in the daylight. Um it's actually a really pleasant little video to watch. They've got some very calming, lovely music to go along with it. You would never believe the uh, crazy, crazy stuff that happens at this place at night happens. Yeah, and it's interesting because you get the people who go there because they want to see the beauty and the trails and they want to hike and bike and all those things. And then you've got the other type of people who are going there to test out the paranormal activity and investigate and get spooked a little bit. So And also um, to party. Yes, that's very true. We'll get to that. Um, So it's a very interesting place. All around, it's very mysterious and super interesting. Um, Yeah, so there isn't much history other than that. Um, One thing that I wanted to mention that I had kind of brought up to Brian is that there was one story we had heard as locals that that founder we were talking about, General William Palmer, um, there was always this story we heard that Part of the reason the tunnels were haunted was that William Palmer and some of his men, while they were founding the town, actually shot and killed some Indian children, some Native American children, um, up in the uh, the, hotel. I almost said hotels. This is not the Clown Motel. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They had shot and killed some children in one of the tunnels. And through my research for this episode, actually, I learned a lot more about William Palmer. And honestly, I was so, so proud that he founded our town because he was actually a really amazing guy. He was totally against slavery. And he actually did a lot to stand up for the Native Americans and their rights. Um, So that was just really interesting. And I wonder where the hell, as locals of this town, we heard the story about general william palmer being such a terrible dude but no that's true because i'm definitely i was definitely one of those locals that would tell that story because of the many times i've been up to gold camp road i would go up with a lot of people who it was their first time going up so i would have a lot of friends that would actually call me and specifically want me to go just so i could tell them the stories um but yeah i would definitely growing up the story basically did say that general william j palmer came in with his men wrangled up whatever closest Native American tribe was settled in Colorado Springs and executed the children up there. 
in what I believe was the second tunnel. Um, and that story came with because there is some erosion on the sides of tunnel two that kind of almost looks like blood, like it had been splattered and then kind of yeah, ran down. that's a great point. But that's just actual natural sediment erosion. It's, so, it's rust, yeah, it's from basically the water rust, running yeah. down the side of the So yeah. that was definitely one story I couldn't believe because it's crazy we didn't, I did not remember learning a lot about General William J. Palmer growing up here in the Springs. Yeah. I feel like I definitely should have known a lot more about him, but maybe because he was such maybe a radical general who was in such support of the union and um, protecting native Americans and stuff like that. You know, maybe that's kind of why he kind of gets neglected in history. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I had no idea he was such an amazing person and did so many good things, um, which made me really proud. I remember learning about him a lot, his house here, um, known as Glen Erie, which is also considered um, pretty haunted. It's actually over by Garden of the Gods. If you ever get a chance to check out Colorado Springs, it's beautiful. It's like a castle that he built his home um, there. Uh, but I remember learning about uh, a lot about him when we would take field trips there. Um, but I had no idea that that legend wasn't true. So, yeah, the more you know. <laughs> and that's true. why we, it's fun to look into these local places. Brian as Grace well. has been debunked. <laughs> okay. So, as far as the hauntings, the real supposed hauntings at Gold Camp Road go, it really all starts with the urban legend surrounding the collapse of Tunnel Number no. 3 in 1988. So if you ask a Colorado Springs resident about it, they may tell you that there was a deadly school bus collision in the tunnel, which led to its collapse. It is said that the collapsed tunnel either crushed or trapped the school bus inside, killing all or most of the children aboard. However, there is literally zero proof of this event ever having occurred. There's no newspaper articles, no death certificates, no public record, literally nothing. And so it's safe to say that this never actually happened. The likely truth is that the collapse was caused by rotted timber in the old tunnel and no lives were actually lost in the collapse, which is really good. Um, but Brian, how long did you always believe that this um, school bus story was oh, true? Oh, yeah. That's the number one story that comes along with Gold Camp Road. Absolutely. That, you know, as a local is the story of the school bus or buses as I knew it. Mm-hmm. Um It's the same. Even when I was doing a little bit of research for this podcast, the number one articles and things that I were finding matches for were the stories of this bus incident. And each one I was looking at, they were all kind of different in some way. Yeah. And again, it's like you said, there's not, we don't really have anything solid in ground other than people saying it happened in 1988 that this even happened. Yeah, and the, the tunnel really did collapse in 1988. Did. That's when that happened. But to your point, too, that wasn't that long ago. Right. So there should be some kind right. of newspaper article, some, something. So when I was growing up and knew the stories of Gold Camp Road, the story kind of went more, uh, well, basically like this. So there were two school buses heading up the road, Um, I believe they were going up to Cripple Creek for like a little mining field trip or whatever um, kind of thing that you would have done back then, I guess. Um, And so I guess the first school bus had made it out of the third tunnel and the second school bus was close behind it in the tunnel when both school buses just shut off like both their engines died. Oh, wow. Both their engines just died. Yeah. And so then... The bus doors and windows couldn't open. Like the chaperones, teachers, bus driver, 
could not get the bus door open or the emergency windows or just any of the windows, they wouldn't open. And the first bus outside of the tunnel caught fire in the engine. And then eventually it was on fire, like smoke was building inside of the bus. And then the third tunnel collapsed on the second bus. Holy crap. Right before the first bus basically blew up and burst into flames. Oh my gosh, that's so much more detailed than I've ever heard, you guys. And so that's the story that I always knew growing up and always told people whenever I went up to gold camp. Um, And there was never any talk of anyone that had survived. Um, But, you know, like I said, this is coming from a straight Colorado Springs local urban legend boy who has been telling these stories his whole life. Um, And as we did the research into it, it definitely seems like the number one story is something about a bus crash, but there's no actual evidence. There's no for sure story on what happened exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's honestly makes it a little even more chilling and creepy to not know if it's true or not. Because right. like um, one of the times that I've been up to the t- third tunnel, cause you have to take quite a hike to get yes. to the third tunnel. It's like a couple miles. I hate doing from it. The I hate park. hiking. Oh, I love it. Hate I love it. it. So That's where I don't Sky and I differ. <laughs> Yes, I am an outdoorsy hiking kind of person for sure. Like I do that for fun all the time. And, and like I'm I said, a camping and drink kind of boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so like I said, I love to go, go up to Gold Camp. It's one of my favorite places. And one of the few times that I have hiked all the way to the third tunnel, because it's just a dead end, you know, um, we'll discuss a little further along. There is a way to get into the third tunnel. Um, not recommended, but I have done it. Do not and, do this, but Sky has done this. Yeah, so one of the times there's a way to get in there. And one of the times times that I was in the third tunnel, I noticed there was like, and I believed, I've always believed that this bus story is true as well. This is just what we're told. We're not told anything different. This is the story that's been passed down from generation to generation. Total Colorado Springs urban legend. Exactly. And I I always thought it was true too. But in the third tunnel, it's interesting because the walls do look like they've been through some kind of fire. They look burned. And then there's big pieces of what appears to be like the frame of a car in there. Like, like, um, almost like car doors. Almost as if something had blown up. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Like shrapnel or something. And so like, I remember the first time I saw it and I just thought this story was true. I was like, oh, wow, this is a real genuine piece of the bus, you know, like this really happened. And to find out that most likely that's not true. I was like, oh, wow. So what was it I saw in the third tunnel? How was there actual pieces of a car in the tunnel that's blocked off now if this didn't happen? This is one of three cases where I don't care if I have the evidence to back me up. I absolutely still believe that story. (laughs) Only because of our own personal experiences at Gold Camp, which we will get into. Yeah, so it's super interesting and it definitely adds to the experiences that people claim to have nowadays, whether it is true or not. Um, So the fact that a bunch of children died up there is most likely not true. But visitors who make their way up to the tunnels at night still claim to hear the voices and giggles of children. Those brave enough to step out of their vehicles also claim to feel small hands touching them or tugging on their clothing. Um, So also in the 70s and 80s, rumors of this place being used as a meeting ground for devil worshippers 
have contributed today to the sightings of cloaked apparitions wandering the roadway at night, carrying torches, as well as claims of demonic forces inhabiting the remaining tunnels. Um, so I didn't actually know this story as much about these supposed devil worshippers. Oh, yeah, from mostly like the 70s and 80s, I guess people were claiming during the satanic panic times, like we talked about for Hellfire Club, um, people were supposedly making their ways up here to have their private you know, rituals and things like that. And so now people claim to see these spirits alongside the road carrying torches and cloaks, and they believe it's some of those devil worshippers from the 70s. It is also said in one of the stories, one of the urban legends that I grew up hearing that basically in our own kind of version of the Salem witch trials that we had here in Colorado, we didn't really have anything anywhere near the Salem witch trials, but you know, those few crazy heads that ever tried to condemn women for being witches, you know, um, it's said that they did, if they ever caught them up there at that tunnel, they were burned up there. Really? So yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. So if they, if they, they not only practice up there, it would have been like their burning place, which is like, that's bad juju. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting to think, I mean, this is just, this tunnel and this road have been around for so long, and this is probably just the iceberg of the oh, history. Yeah. So, Oh, yeah. Um, so this is another mind-blowing thing I found during my research. So we mentioned that the road has also been known as the dumping ground for murder victims and that several bodies had been found along and around Gold Camp Road over the years. So as someone who has grown up in Colorado Springs all my life, I had always heard these rumors but never looked into the truth of them myself. What I found during my my research was surprising and chilled me to the core. So honestly, like I've always heard that bodies were found up on Gold Camp Road and that murderers go or up there. Or deadly car accident or. Yeah. And murderers like go up there to dump bodies and all those kinds of things. And so when I was researching this, I was like, hmm, maybe I should actually look into like bodies that have been found on Gold Camp Road. And so she did. Holy crap, you guys. I'm sitting in my office at midnight last night doing research for this episode after the crazy week Brian and I had. And um, I'm just like in there alone getting the chills over what I was finding because I had no no idea that some of what is, what has been found up there, some of the people who have passed away up there, that the stories were so crazy and there was way more than I expected. Oh, yeah. There's some wild ones. Yeah. So although I found many local news articles and police reports to support the information I'm about to share, um, I did not attach any of them or include any names out of respects for the victims and their families. So if you go check out anything on the blog at residualwhispers.blog, you are not going to see any links to any supporting articles for this. If you want to see if it's true for yourself and dig into it, feel free. But I thought it was better... um, for everyone involved to just leave that out. And I completely support leaving everybody unidentified. Yeah. So, okay, let's get into it. So these are just some of the most recent ones I found, okay? And it starts in November 2011. So a burning body is found south of the first tunnel at 2.15 a.m. after reports of a fire on the road are called into the local fire department. And the body is later identified as an 87-year-old woman who was murdered that night during a robbery of her home. That was probably the most insane story. And it's it goes back to 2011 where our list is going to begin. Um, but I just can't believe that. She was literally murdered. And then the robber slash murderer took her up to Gold Camp Road and set her body on fire and see the old woman lived in a house with her husband literally they're one of the few houses that is closest to gold camp road if you ever go there there are not many houses that are anywhere near gold camp at most points of it 
Yeah, until um, you get like once you get like the first quarter of the way right. up, there's a lot of houses. And by the way, they're freaking beautiful. They're beautiful. They have to be so expensive. Absolutely but anyway. beautiful. But yes, yeah, so her and her husband lived in that house, and she was basically murdered in their house during the home invasion. He took her body, burned her up the hill on Gold Camp Road. And so her husband, her widower, um, he's a few years younger than her. The man is still, keep in mind, an 80-year-old man. Keep this in mind. Um, He is seen still hiking Gold Camp Road at night and in the morning. Um, Every night and morning, he once said to a friend of mine. Like um, in her honor. In her honor. And I saw him two times that I ever went to gold camp. And it was the time that my friend actually stopped to ask him what he was doing. And it was just crazy to me. It kind of sent like chills down my spine that he was like just there in the night, just hiking up gold camp road and like her honor and memory. And just the fact that that even happened to her is just so insane. It really is. Yeah. You would think at 87, you'd be kind of safe, you know? Yeah, people who kill elderly people, there's just, like, a special place in hell for them. And children. So, fuck that guy. We'll just go ahead and say that. Um, But, yeah, that's crazy. And when Brian mentioned that to me a little bit earlier, he said he's not sure if that guy is still alive. Um, I I can't imagine if he was in his 80s in 2011, he's still around at this point. Um, But if he he is, is, that's great. Yeah. Um, So, moving on. Then, in April 2014... The body of a 13-year-old boy who is presumed to have fallen to his death is found in the area of Gold Camp Road. And so if you guys watch that video or if you've been to Gold Camp Road, you know that there are some steep falls from the sides of the road. And we're going to talk a little bit more here in a second about what the road is like and some car accidents that have occurred there, all those kinds of things. Um, But if you go off that road, like you're done, you're like pretty far up and it goes into North Cheyenne Canyon, um, which is extremely... I mean, it's a canyon, so you're not surviving a fall. We're talking. Road. This road is literally off some of the steepest, steepest cliffs that you can take out of a mountain road out of here in Colorado Springs. Very sharp turns, literally very few guardrails, and a lot of parts of the guardrail have been knocked out. And it's extremely narrow. Yeah. yeah. There are definitely some places where they've put up some, um, some guardrails, but a lot of the road is not protected at all. Um, So that's super sad. He was only 13. And then in March 2017, just three years later, a seven-year-old boy fell over 100 feet to his death. And his guardian was charged with child abuse after alcohol was found to be a factor in the incident. And the grand jury decided that the area presented obvious and apparent danger. So I think basically what happened is that whoever was in charge of watching him um, was drinking up there on the road and not paying attention. And he fell to his death. And so he was charged with child abuse for letting him roam around an area where he could fall to his death like that obviously is not cool um yeah so that is so sad two of those children fell to their deaths up there um and then in may of 2017 so just a few months after that the body of a 28 year old cyclist is found between high drive and gold camp road believed to have died from a medical condition after falling off his bicycle um, so from what I found on that one, I couldn't identify what exactly his cause of death was determined to be. All the articles I could find really said is that people like stopped and tried to give him CPR and stuff as the police made their way up to Gold Camp Road. Um, but it seems like he had some kind of medical condition occur, fell off his bicycle and passed away. So that wasn't a murdery thing, but still very sad and still a death along the road. And still just very odd and random. For yeah. A- 
perfectly in health cyclist to just his heart just stop and drop dead like that. Exactly. So freaking weird. So a lot of these deaths, even if they're not a murder, they're still chilling because it's just, it's unexpected. Um, so then in September 2021, so a lot more recently, the body of a 56-year-old man is found along Section 16 of Gold Camp Road, and police state that there were no suspicious circumstances, and this is another one where I couldn't find cause or manner of death anywhere. There's literally not much else that you can find online about what happened to this guy, um, but I'm guessing it was another medical condition or something of the sort where he just passed away while hiking up there or whatever. But it's basically impossible to find what his cause of death was or anything. So yeah. it's like... If you want to do some digging and check it out, you might be able to find something, but I really looked and- Send I, it into us, please, as a jewel whispers. Yeah, could not find anything. So then in February 2022, so literally beginning of this year, the body of an adult female is found on Gold Camp Road and presumed to be a homicide, and this is still under investigation. So no name, no identification, none of that, and we were going to leave that out anyway, but still, there's very little information. All we know is that this woman was definitely murdered at the very beginning of and this And it is an there. ongoing investigation with Colorado Springs Police Department, so please don't get involved. <laughs> yes, very true. Um, and then the most recent of all, March 2022... A local woman who had been reported missing is found strangled to death along Gold Camp Road. And from what I could identify from this one, um, they did end up figuring this out. This was like an ex-boyfriend or something who strangled her up there and left her body up there uh, along the road. Um, so really disgusting. But, I mean, two murders here of two women Just at the very beginning of this year. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that, for me to find out, was like... I am definitely, you guys, going to be a lot more careful when I go up there because I've never thought much of it before. Like, I knew it could be dangerous up there. Um, but, yeah, I will definitely be taking this into consideration. Always be safe, ladies. So this is just a handful of the most recent incidents you'll find if you start digging into deaths in the Gold Camp area. There are many more reports of bodies being found and people falling to their death down the steep mountainsides along the roadway. Clearly, not every person who died here was murdered, but it's chilling and extremely sad to think of how many people have lost their lives here in general. Um, yeah, so if you do go hiking, like, ladies, if you're going hiking in general, bring some freaking pepper spray, bring a knife, bring something, be prepared, because you never know what can happen. Um, and, and let also, somebody know where you're going. Yeah, and don't fall off the road to your death. Yes, <laughs> That's please, a good tip please, as well. Please do that. <laughs> um. So now we'll get to kind of the dangerous side of the road, just as far as geography goes, I guess. Um, Gold Camp Road is extremely dangerous to drive on, especially at night. The road begins paved, but eventually turns into a dirt road plagued with giant potholes that could easily cause damage to vehicles, especially those low to the ground. It's a very bumpy ride and becomes extremely narrow in places. As we said, there's a sheer stomach-churning drop off down the mountainside along the road. Um, although it's considered a one-way road, people still turn around, this is one of my pet peeves, and come back down the road from the third tunnel parking lot instead of just taking the nice little side road that goes past Helen Hunt Falls. And so that adds to the precarious conditions because you have to find a way to pass vehicles coming the opposite direction. And this is a tight fit, you guys. You can see a picture on our website, residualwhispers.blog, again. Um, and you can see, even if it's not just a sheer dip off to the side of the mountain, there's like rock on either side. So squeezing two cars on this road is not easy. And just so you guys get like a better 
image of how Gold Camp Road is supposed to work. You are supposed to enter on actual old old Gold Camp Road, take it up through the tunnels, up to the parking lot for the third tunnel, and then you are supposed to keep going down past the parking lot once you're finished, and you end up at the bottom at Helen Hunt Falls, and then you can basically circle around back. So basically, it does a big giant horseshoe as far as Gold Camp goes, and you eventually reconnect to the main road. So that's why it's encouraged to be a one-way road that way. Exactly. And I don't know, for the love of God, every time I go up there, somebody's coming back down the other way. And I'm like, why do you want to take this bumpy-ass, messed-up-ass road all the way back through when you could just get right back on the paved road past Helen Hunt Falls? I don't know. But yeah, so it is a precarious drive. And um <clears throat> While it is a manageable drive, if you're careful, these conditions have set the stage for multiple deadly vehicle crashes. And sources claim that at least 11 wrecked cars rest on the hills below the road. So you can imagine people going off the side at night, how many times that's happened since it's since 1988 when, you know, the third tunnel closed and people began partying up there and stuff and um, not being sober while they're driving. You can imagine how many people have run into each other or been ran off the road. Um, yeah, the possibilities are endless. Um, so there's been a lot of accidents up there as well. And like, honestly, it's not impossible. I've driven up to Gold Camp Road. I don't like to drive. And I've driven up there on that road by myself multiple times. It's not as bad as it sounds, but you definitely have to be careful. Just don't be stupid. Yeah, and be prepared to take it slow because you will destroy your car. Um, So some people have claimed to see the dark and shadowy figure of a man in the second tunnel. Could he potentially be the restless soul of a miner or railroad worker? Or maybe even the victim of a murder or car crash? Legend says that if you put your car in neutral in this tunnel, he will push you forward, leaving his handprints in the dust on your car. A counterpart to the legend claims that it is the children of the bush crash, the bush crash. The bush, the bush crash. <laughs> it is the children of the bus crash who push your vehicle upward through the tunnel, trying to save others from meeting their fate in case the tunnel collapses. Because of this, some people will make their way up to the tunnels at night, covering their car in baby powder and hoping to capture the handprints of either the man or the children on their vehicle. Brian, have you ever had an experience with the handprints or parking your car in the second tunnel? Oh my tunnel? gosh. If I... <laughs> I've known so many people slash have been involved with so many times that we drove up to the tunnels and put baby powder on the hood of the car or the side of the car. And um, I never had an actual incident where a handprint was left or anything. I had a couple friends say that they did. Um, and they said that they were like small handprints, like child sized handprints, um, which I think definitely for me more confirms like the counter legend for it being the ghost spirits and everything like that. So the ghost spirits, the children, the ghost spirit, the children's spirits. Wow. The ghost spirits. Yes. The children's spirits. That's what I meant. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. That's what I've always most commonly heard too. I remember a couple times trying this out and going and like stopping and putting our car in neutral in the second tunnel. And, or like, I remember one time specifically that we thought we saw handprints on the car, but honestly, I just believe a lot of the times, especially when you're younger like that, like, you're so excited that maybe you imagine things happening that yeah. didn't totally happen or the handprint was just your fucking but handprint. See, and I was definitely, <laughs> we, I was a little bit more extreme. I was one of friends where we didn't just like go into the tunnel and put the car in neutral. We just would straight up turn the car off, turn the lights off and honk the horn three times mm-hmm. just to kind of 
piss off the spirits, I guess. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> they they came for me, so just wait. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Okay, can't wait to hear it. So, um, yes. So, you can hike all the way to tunnel number three, and there's a broken part of the fence. Okay, so this is where we were talking about. There is a way to get into the third tunnel. Um, I think that I have never somebody, done this. Only Sky has done this. <laughs> yeah, I think that somebody um, used some kind of heavy duty cutters. wire cutters. Yeah, bolt something cutters. to cut the bars because um, it's right along the side where it connects to the mountain, and it's just big enough that you can squeeze through and get into the third tunnel. Um, so many people will do this, testing out paranormal equipment and using Ouija boards inside the tunnel, which I have done. There was one time where I went up there with a big group of people. And we went all the way to the third tunnel in the middle of the night. And the creepy thing was, too, everybody's phone died. Everybody's cell phone died. And we had no lights. And we literally, I remember, we talked about Scooby-Doo all the way there. (laughs) We were talking about, like, old Scooby-Doo episodes and stuff because we were trying to keep ourselves distracted because it was (laughs) honestly creepy. And we weren't so much worried about ghosts as we were worried about bears and, like, mountain lions and stuff. Wildlife Um, is a big thing to fear here in Colorado. Yeah, exactly. So we went up there, and we did have a Ouija board with us, and we did use it in the third tunnel. And I feel like, yet again, I remember something crazy happening, like somebody thought they got something or said something, but I don't really remember exactly what. It wasn't crazy enough to stick in my memory, but it was quite an experience. But all all of their phones did die. Yeah. And I distinctly remember all of them coming to school the next day and all of them telling me that. And I just remember being like, you guys are so stupid. Uh, yeah, it was dumb. But it was it was a really good night. It definitely stands out in my memory. And sometimes things that you shouldn't be doing end up being the most fun. But Teenagers, am I right? <laughs> um, so, yeah. But, again, we do not advise anybody, whether you're local to Colorado Springs or not, to go into that third tunnel. It is still considered very unstable. Honestly, it's trashed in there. There's broken glass. There's old needles. Pentagrams. I mean, and every inch of the wall is graffitied, which I hate. But um, it's an interesting experience when you go in there. And that's where I saw the pieces of what I believe to be the bus. Um, but yeah, if you go there, just peek inside. Do not try to go inside um, because if it collapses, we are not liable. <laughs> um, we did not tell you to do that. No, we did not. Okay, so there have also been reports of apparitions walking down the road at night, like, you know, the old stories of women in a long white nightgown seen walking down, things like that, Um, and as well as disembodied screams and voices. Um, So as usual, I went and looked on YouTube and searched for different articles of people who have claimed to have experiences there. There are many videos on YouTube of people having strange experiences on Gold Camp Road or trying out stopping their car in the tunnel and recording what's happening. Um, This time I decided to just, if you're interested, allow you to look and determine their validity for yourself. Um, I decided not to attach any of them, but if that's something you want to go check out, feel free to look into it on YouTube. Um, Late at night, the parking lot of tunnel number three at the top of Gold Camp Road is often used as a drug-fueled party location, and people use the road with its gorgeous views of the city as a lover's lane. So you know what that means. Um, A lot of mischief goes on up there once it gets dark, so if you decide to visit, use caution and drive safely. Seriously, if you go up there at night, um, just be prepared for there to be some crazy stuff going on. You never know. Um, And yeah, just expect that uh, some people might be up there doing things that they shouldn't be. 
Um, so one thing, the creepiest thing that I ever remember happening to me up there involved a real human being. Um, we were driving. Yeah, it wasn't even a ghost or anything. We were literally driving through the second tunnel. And as we're coming through, like we weren't stopping or anything. We were just going to drive up there because we were bored. We had nothing better to do. And we're driving through the second tunnel and we see this hooded figure standing at the end with like a sweatshirt. Like it was just a sweatshirt hood up um, because it was so dark. They were just a black figure and they were just standing there kind of looking like the grudge or something and it was just somebody playing pranks on people um but it was still really spooky that they were just standing there at the end of the tunnel trying to scare people um so people will be up there playing pranks on other people and screaming and being loud and yeah it can just get really interesting there after dark yeah definitely don't recommend it if you are like you know of legal adult age um the cspd are always patrolling gold camp road on weekend nights because of these youngsters so yeah. And I also found while looking into the murders and stuff up there, there were some other um, articles about some really terrible things that have happened to women up there, um, women being attacked and um, trigger warning raped. Um, so just like, yeah, always, always hold caution. Safe. We can't tell you enough to hold caution always when going be to these safe. locations. Yeah. Um, Brian, do you have any other thing else you want to share about Gold Camp before oh, we yeah. wrap it up? Absolutely. So Gold Camp Bro definitely holds kind of a significant place in my heart. Um I, a little backstory, I first ever went to Gold Camp Road when I was probably 14 years old. I was with my first boyfriend at the time, um, and he went to a rival high school that is closer down south to Cheyenne Mountain, uh, which is where, closer to Gold Camp Road, basically. Um, And it was a really popular thing for high schoolers from his high school to do a lot, to take, like, dates there and go party up there and all kinds of stuff, blah, blah, blah. Um... But basically, so we're going to fast forward from all that to like four years. I'm in my senior year of high school. I go up to Gold Camp Road for maybe like the 10th time in my life. Um, Keep in mind, nothing creepy has really ever happened to me at Gold Camp until this point. So I got all the way up to the third tunnel with a group of two girlfriends and one of their date. Um, We took the hike up from the parking lot at the top all the way up to the closed off third tunnel. Um, we peeked inside, you know, flashlights in, you know. Um, but what was kind of creepy right off the bat about this was on the hike up there, we passed a couple that was hiking back down from the tunnel. And the couple stopped us and was like, hey, um, be careful up there, you guys. There's some people camping out up there and they like scared the hell out of us. So just be careful. And we were like, oh, okay, cool, thanks. Um, and we just kept going. So we make it up to the third tunnel and there is nobody around. There is absolutely nobody around there. You can't hear anybody around. You can't, there's can't see anybody. There's no signs of like campfire or anything like that. So we were like, okay, well that's kind of weird. So I just immediately like, they're just trying to freak us out. Ignore it. So we're up there about 10 minutes or so. And then we start the hike back down and we get about halfway through when the wind, it was a very beautiful, calm night. There was no wind not even a breeze. And then the wind just picked up like really violently, like really crazy out of the blue, nowhere, no warning. And I just remember, um, my friend's date getting nauseous and he had to take a second to stop and sit on this rock that we were passing because his stomach was killing him. And so we're stopped and the wind stops 
and then it kind of picks back up, but it goes in the opposite direction, almost like it was kind of blowing with our direction, but then it started blowing against us. So it was really weird. So it kind of just felt like a weird wind pressure, but (laughs) we're sitting there and I hear just like very softly, not too loudly out of the way distance of the woods. Um, my voice, my name being called Brian. Ah! It's just saying Brian. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, everyone else can hear it too. My two friends and the date heard it too. And I was standing there and I heard it and I recognized the voice immediately. And the voice was literally my first boyfriend's voice. Oh, the boyfriend who first ever took me to gold camp. What? It was because he had a very, very distinct voice. And I just, like, I remember kind of sitting there for a second and kind of like looking at everybody and thinking like, okay, F you guys, what the hell's going on? Like, what are you doing? And everybody's just kind of looking at me. They're more confused because they don't realize that, you know, it's like his voice and that it's like I'm having as dawning of a thing with it as they are. They just think Mm -hmm. someone's calling my name. But I just like (laughs) I heard that and my skin crawled and I just kept telling myself I was like, there is no way in hell that that's him out there calling your name right now. You haven't spoken to each other in at least three years. Like it was really intense. And so we high tight, we hightailed it back to my friend's truck and took off basically. And we were going down the right path, you know, back to Helen hunt falls and her car was smoking when we got down to the bottom. Oh my Lord. Like just like, apparently her brakes were literally like not even like a minute away from snapping. Like they were basically like smoking as if like the e-brake had been set or something, but it wasn't. Oh my lord, this so, is nuts! And like yeah. the interesting thing too is if you hear a voice mimicking somebody, yeah, that's a sign of a demonic yeah. presence. Yeah. So and the fact that yeah. it was years later that it was yeah. mimicking his voice, yeah, um, that says that it I was something that him, saw like, you that original time. And I just oh my that's gosh. why I'm like I tell people I was like you know. Some people can go to Gold Camp and forget about it, but I don't think Gold Camp ever forgets about you because that was like, I just, I still think about that too. I haven't told that story in a really long time, actually, but I, yeah, that's why Gold Camp to me, that was one of the first moments in my young teenage years that I really began to notice I kind of had a sensitivity for paranormal. Mm -hmm. Um, And you guys will definitely learn throughout the show that, um, it is right. <laughs> so, wow, yeah. that is crazy. I honestly, I feel like I've definitely heard that before, but oh, I yeah. forgot the details. So, yeah. it's definitely um, been a while since I've told you that. Like, yeah. I probably even told you that story since it happened. Mm-hmm. So, pretty dang mind blowing. Um, so, yeah, the paranormal activity surrounding the road may be rooted purely in urban legend and tall tales, but given the rich history and the number of people who have died along the road and its trails. The energy surrounding this place is definitely creepy and makes some of the claims, specifically of apparitions and disembodied screams, quite believable. Oh, yeah. Um, So whether that bus crash really happened or not, a lot of people have died up there or a lot of 
terrible activity has happened. And so it makes sense that there's some kind of lingering spirit up there on the road, um, whether it's miners or railroad workers or the people who were murdered there. I heavily believe it is demonic activity opened up by all those children died in the bus accident. That is what I've always believed, <laughs> and that is what I'm going to continue to believe. Fair enough. Yeah, so guys, if you ever get the chance to visit Colorado Springs, um, Gold Cramp Road, as Brian was saying, it made me think of it, is actually right by Cheyenne Mountain, um, where we have one of the top zoos in the world. Absolutely. Um, the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo. And as a vegetarian, I'm very picky about zoos, but the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo actually takes really good care of their animals. Oh, yeah. There's also the historic Broadmoor Hotel there, um, which is really awesome to see. Um, um, there's a lot to see in that part of Colorado Springs. It's not a far drive from Manitou Springs, um, which is a, one of my favorite places in the entire Little world. Little hippie town. Little yeah, hippie it's dippy. Amazing. Crystal Mountain town. And that was also uh, founded by William J. Palmer. Yes, it was. Yep. Um, but so there's a lot to see here. And then if you can squeeze in a hike at Gold Camp, then um, yeah, definitely do it. Um, so this episode was super fun. We actually anticipated that this was going to be like a short episode to bring to you guys because Today, I've actually been back from a women's retreat I went to in Oregon for exactly a week. So I've been adjusting getting back to normal life. And Brian's been working at his new job since he had to find um, new employment after moving back from Hawaii. Oh, yeah. And um, Brian's had like some family stuff going on. He hurt his knee. And like, it's just been a crazy week for both of us. It's like one thing after another, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Exactly. So this episode was kind of just thrown together to kind of like, you know, bring you guys something good and just have a little bit of fun. But it looks like this is going to be our longest episode yet. So, and it um, brings us a lot of joy to be able to do this for you guys every week. It kind of gives Sky and I an excuse to see each other every week and bug each other. And yeah. we have a good time while we do it and we love doing it. So, Yeah, it's been so fun so far. Um, so we hope you enjoyed this local episode. Um, next week, we'll probably be back to taking you somewhere international. Um, international. Yes. National. So- <laughs> Mother of the house. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Remember to check out all of our social media, check out the Instagram or the blog for all the photos that go along with this episode. Um, and we'll see you next week. I'm your host, Sky, And I'm your co-host, Brian. And always remember, if it feels like there's somebody there, there probably is. Adios. Thank you for being a part of the Residual Whispers community. This podcast was created, written, and hosted by Skylar Daniels, co-hosted by Brian Grace, and edited and produced by Michael Liddell. You can check out all evidence, photos, and stories at residualwhispers.blog. You can contact us with your own paranormal stories, comments, or questions by sending an email to residualwhispers at gmail.com. We'd really appreciate it if you followed us on Instagram at residualwhispersblog and help us grow by subscribing to the blog to receive notifications every time we post. We hope you enjoyed listening and we can't wait to share our next paranormal story with you.